Africa, home to the most unique people in the world. A place that connects us through our customs, traditions, and even belief itself. Join Mukundi Mudao in Tribal Pursuit, a series that ventures deep into Africa to discover the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. Join the conversation every Wednesday at 10 a.m. right here on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Travel Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao, top of the morning. Beautiful Wednesday morning, Wednesday the 28th of September 2022. Time is 6 minutes past 10 and this is Travel Pursuit, the show where we go deep into Africa and we discover different Jewish communities, learn more about them. And it's not just that, I play you beautiful music from the entire continent of Africa and I'll tell you what's happening in Africa, different news stories, something interesting about animals, some, sh- some knowledge that I share with you, and it's all, all happening in one hour. And I hope, you, I hope you're strapped in. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your dear friend Mukundi. I hope you have your coffee with you, and it's going to be a nice episode. It's just you and me today, unfortunately. We do not have a guest because, man, I'm going to be honest, everybody's busy. Nobody wants to talk to me today. Everybody's still recovering from from the holidays, from the weekend, and there's still more holidays to come. So people are just with their families preparing. And for that, I'm just going to be talking to you for the next hour. But do not worry. We got this. We will make it through. I'm your friend Mukundi Mundao. Let me know how your weekend was. Let me know how your long weekend was. If you had a long weekend, if you're not Jewish and you just had a normal weekend, then let me know how the rest of your week has been, how your week has been going and what you expect, what you want to do for the rest of the week. 34519 is how you do that. 0618951019 is how you telegram me. You can email me on air at highfm.com and you can tweet me at highfm. I'll get through your messages and everything will be okay. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Tribal Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. The time is 10 minutes past 12 and I hope you're enjoying your Wednesday morning. Beautiful, beautiful morning. Very hot though. Very hot. I was in Limpopo for the weekend and if it's this hot in Johannesburg, trust me, Limpopo is close to the sun. It is hot, burning. But I did enjoy it. I'd enjoy myself. I had fun. And I have, a, I have a message from my friend Gail who says, Good morning, dear friend. Well, hey, friend. Morning to you. How are you? Let me know. If you also want to say hi to your friend Mukundi, you can do so. 34519 is the SMS line. 0618951019 is the Telegram line. You can email me on air at highfm.com. Or you can simply tweet me at highfm. So I told you that it's just you and me today, and I'm going to give you something, some notes about some Jewish communities, well, two Jewish communities that I'd like to talk about, and hopefully we'll talk to actual members of these communities later on in the show. Not today's show, later on in the run of the show is what I meant to say. <laughs> First of all, I'll be talking about the Yib- the Yibra Jewish community. Now, they are found in Somalia, and they actually have Muslim ancestry, but they claim to have Israeli and Jewish ancestry as well. Yibro, Yibro, or Yibro, literally meaning Hebrew, as it's translated, is how they is what they're known. And I'm gonna be giving you some notes about them, or something I learned about them, and I'll tell you about them as opposed to an interview. And later on, it's gonna be the Basad tribe in Cameroon. Now, if you remember, we talked to Rabbi Serge Tello of the Beth Yosharun community in Cameroon. However, we couldn't we couldn't get a member of the Basa tribe and that's a tribe that I really wanted to talk about as well. They're also in Cameroon and they claim to have well they claim to be 
Jewish. They claim to have Jewish ancestry and Israeli ancestry, but that is all coming later. That is all coming in the later half of the show. For now, allow me to tell you what is happening in Africa. This is the part where I say, forget you're Jewish, okay? Let me give you an Africa update, because you need to know what's happening in Africa. You need to know. And I'm going to start you off with something that is, what can I say? It's not necessarily good news. It's just something that I felt was, was very important to talk about. And that is the 20-year anniversary of Senegal's Jula disaster. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's probably the biggest shipwreck or the biggest thing since the Titanic. It's actually known as the African Titanic. This is, of course, the shipwreck that kept the ship that capsized in Senegal, the Senegalese ship that capsized, and it was the M the MV Le Jula. That's what they call the ship, the MV Le Jula. This cast this capsized off the coast of the Gambia on the 26th of September 2020, oh, 2002, not 2022, with 1,863 deaths and 64 survivors. It is thought to be the second worst non-military disaster in maritime history. Now, the ship was plying the route from Ziguanco in the Casamance region of the Senegalese capital. By the way, props to me for being able to say Ziguanco and call in one go because <laughs> trust me not the easiest word to say and it was going to Dakar when it ran into a violent storm farther out sea than it was licensed to sail let's start there and the estimated 2,000 passengers on board was actually heavier four times more than the ship's designed load so this is now a case of human negligence and we have thousands of people literally thousands of people dead from negligence out of all those passengers only 64 people survived what? It had multiple causes. The ship, the shipwreck itself had multiple causes. The ship, which was man managed by the Senegalese Navy, was already in bad condition. Like I said, it was overloaded four times the amount, actually. And the vehicles inside the ship were not secure. This was a ferry, and the captain himself died with the ship. Good. Good to know. However, the families of the victims are still waiting for reparations. I heard there'd be reparations, and they're still grieving. Because they still... They're still angry, I would assume. They're still angry because imagine your family or your friend is out there and they unfortunately passed away. And now you come to learn that this was a case of human negligence. This was a case of negligence by the government, worst of all. Overloaded ship in bad conditions with badly loaded cargo. It's just sad when you think about it i do hope these victims the families of these victims do get justice and they can grieve and for and mourn their loved ones in a way that they would prefer to moving on to nigeria because this <laughs> this was an article that i thought was very south african this is probably the most south african thing in nigeria right now are you ready for the headline great failure causes widespread blackouts in nigeria <laughs> sound familiar Yes, load shedding. Nigeria has load shedding. Imagine. The national grid collapsed for the upteenth time on Monday this year, according to the local media punch newspapers, announcing the development the Ikeja Electricity Distribution Company, otherwise the Nigerian ESCOM. <laughs> they said that this to inform you that the outage you're currently experiencing is due to the system collapse of the national grid, which occurred earlier today at 10.50 a.m. That's the message they sent out to the people. This has affected the transmission stations within our network and resulted in the loss of power supply to our customers. Kindly bear with us as we wait the, as we await the restoration of the grid. That's frustrating. I know this because we're experiencing the same thing in South Africa. Remember actually a week ago they were saying that the grid is under so much pressure, South Africa could experience a total blackout. Thank God that didn't happen. But I have a theory that they only did that 
to, they only did that for us to anticipate it. It's mind games. They're playing some serious mind games. They say, we're going to experience a national shutdown. Whole country, blackout. Ooh, now the whole country's scared. Everybody's scared. What's going to happen? Oh my God, ESCOM. And then they say, no guys, don't worry. We managed, we managed to avoid the danger. However, you guys will have to bear with stage three and stage four. So now instead of being frustrated that, we can, that we're dealing with stage four and stage three load shedding, we're just grateful that we still have electricity and we didn't have a total blackout. Right? Am I, am I reaching? Am I reaching? Or do you think I'm actually telling the truth? Do let me know. Do let me know. 34519 is the SMS line. 0618951019 is the telegram line. You can email me on air at highfm.com or you can simply tweet me at highfm. I want to take a break from talking. I feel like I've been talking a little bit too much. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao. Venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9 Hi FM, this is Trouble Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao, top of the morning. 1026 is the time and in case you forgot, it is still Wednesday the 9th, Wednesday the 28th of September 2022. Is it safe to say Happy New Year? Well, to all our Jewish listeners out there, and a Shana Tova to you. If it's just another Wednesday to you, then allow me to say, welcome to Travel Pursuit, and thank you for spending your Wednesday morning with me. I hope you're enjoying your coffee, and I hope you're enjoying what I'm telling you. Right now, I'd like to tell you about one of the communities that I wanted to tell you. This is the lesser-known community of the two, I have to say. This, these are part of the forgotten Jews, as they like to call them, and those are the Yibir Jews, or Yibro which, you know, if you listen close enough, does sound like Hebrew, which is what it means. Now, they are from Somalia, and like I say, they're related to the Abraham Jewish people of northern Ethiopia. These people identify as Jewish and descendants of ancient Jewish tribes. They are, the Yibri live in the middle of a Muslim-dominated region, this being Somalia, of course, and in fact, most of them live on the slums or the outskirts of, of Muslim cities. Must be hard must be hard because these are these are people that live in a country where their religion is not necessarily a favorite and this has been a recurring theme in most of the shows these these communities face a lot of hardships and they are not liked very much i don't know why i don't know why maybe it's just very hard to be jewish but i'm talking about the yibir today anyway they live in areas that are otherwise entirely Muslim and they're isolated and they're denied many basic rights simply because they maintain their Jewish identity and refuse to convert to Islam. Now, according to their folklore, it suggests that communities and ancestors converted to, the, to, to Judaism, well, from Judaism to Islam in the 13th century. Now, since scholars believe that Sharif Yusuf lived in the early 13th century, the events of the traditional narrative involving the Sharif and the Libya leader, Muhammad Hanif, would, okay, would accordingly date to the same century. There's a community that is claimed to be to, to arrive in Somalia prior to the formation of the major noble Somali clans. These, of course, being the Darud, the Deir, the Hawiya, and the Isak. I have no idea who those are. I didn't focus on those. I focused on the Yibir alone. So if you do know who those are, do tell me because I don't. While Somali clans commonly trace their paternal lineages to 9th century Arabian ancestors, some scholars have suggested that the Darud and Isak were only founded in the 13th century. If this is true, then the Yibir are the only li are likely to be older than the two Somali clans. That is because the Yibir were presumably already established as a powerful group in Somalia by the time of Muhammad Hanif in the 13th century. So imagine this. You convert they converted from Judaism to Islam and they predate 
any and all of the other communities. However, they're the one community that is facing turmoil in a country that is, well, in their home. Must be really uncomfortable being forced to live in your home, being forced to live in your home but under bad conditions. They've been viewed as the low caste of the Somali, of the Somali region and because of this and to protect themselves they have developed their own secret language something i find very cool it's a dialect of somali and this is the language that they use to communicate within each other so that's the yibir jewish community i couldn't find much about them besides the fact that they were muslim compared to judaism compared back to muslim they predate all of the other jewish communities in somalia they are going through turmoil i would really love to talk to a member of this Jew of this jewish community only to find out more about them because there's very little on the internet and that's what we can't go off of that right but do not worry your friend mukundi is on it and i promise to find somebody from this jewish community it's just that it's in africa deep deep in africa and we can't find anybody imagine imagine I don't think the internet has arrived there yet. That was very ignorant of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> 101.9 High FM. This is Travel Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend Mukuni Mudao. Allow me to bestow some wisdom upon you. This is the time of the day where I tell you an African proverb, and today's proverb is: When deeds speak, words are nothing. I know, right? It's just a weirder way or a cooler way of saying actions speak louder than words. Well, let me tell you. Elsewhere they say actions speak louder than words, but in Africa we say when deeds speak, words are nothing. If you want to know who people really are, pay more attention to what they do and less attention to what they say. It's not what you say that defines you, it's what you do that defines you. For instance, a person is not a mechanic because he is a mechanic. He's a mechanic because he repairs machines. Love professed but not expressed is hollow. Parents who have, who have admonished their children of the dangers of smoking, but then turn around and light a cigarette themselves cannot convince their children to believe them. Politicians who make promises and never fulfill them, wow, <laughs> welcome to South Africa, will be considered as empty talkers. Tell people anything you want. If your actions don't back what you say, your words will mean nothing. Don't just talk. Walk the talk. Be action-oriented. And that is our proverb for the day, when deeds speak, words are nothing. 101.9 High FM, this is Travel Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukuni Mudao. The time is 10.32. Do let me know what you think about what I just told you. Both the Yibra Jewish community who seem to have vanished off the face of the earth and our African proverb of the day. When words speak, when deeds speak, words are nothing. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. Okay, so I want to talk about the Basa tribe. This is the one that I managed to actually get a lot more information on because they, these are people that decided to put their whole history online and I was very happy. Makes my job a lot easier, right? <laughs> 101.9, Hi FM, this is Travel Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukun Mudao. 10.36 is the, is the time and let us talk about the Basa. Now the Basa are found in Cameroon, but they weren't, origin they weren't always in Cameroon. Do let me tell you their history. The Basa name means conquerors in the Bantu language. Funny, Mukundi means the same thing. Well, means conqueror. Anyway, they're taught and raised that they're Jew, that they're Jewish, and in many parts of the world, tribal leaders are the keepers of all traditions and history, which they impart through the, to the younger through an oral tradition. Which is really nice. I like the fact that they're teaching the youth and the young their tradition because that is how you keep the culture going. That is how you keep 
everybody up to date and informed and that's exactly that's exactly what they do they never stop learning they never stop teaching each other which i found really cool they immigrated to africa from egypt thousands of years ago with melik who is their leader who was well was their leader melik and one of the great grandsons of judah the son of jacob he, he was just just so you know he was the leader and one of the sons the great grandsons of judah now the basaril tradition describes melik as the military chief in the egyptian army who chose to stay behind to protect his privilege rather than to follow the uncertain journey espoused by moses however when melik learned of the death of pharaoh's army at the red sea he feared the egyptians would take revenge against the hebrews who had remained behind Ooh, funny funny he stayed for his own security but in doing that he just Am I allowed to say he damned the whole community? Am I? Okay. With the rest of the Israelites gone, Melek led his family and followers from Egypt. First they traveled south along the Nile, but eventually moved westward, crossed Nigeria and then entered Cameroon, which is how they later came to settle there. They eventually reached Ngoklituba, their final destination, and they prayed to a god called Elolom which translates to the god of creation and according to tradition it was the god Elolom who spoke to Melek and directed him to Ngoklituba he said hey man you need to leave Egypt right now protect your people and leave now on the way to Ngoklituba the, the Basa believed that the hill of Ngoklituba was their guide to get there they followed a hill which traveled in front of them I'm not making this up I swear which traveled in front of them throughout their travels and when the hill finally settled so did they where did it settle Ngoklituba <laughs> now throughout the centuries the hill was their most sacred place a place they went to perform rituals and sacrifices and they would gather once a year to do this a custom that they practiced all the way until 1845 when the Germans arrived and forbade the practice I don't know about you I don't like that who are you to tell me what I can do and what I can't do in my house. You come into my house, tell me what to do. We have a problem, right? But that is a custom that they had. That is a practice that they had all the way until 1845 when the Germans came. Now, I want to highlight the similar practices that they had, what they did, that is very similar to Judaism. And that is, that is what got me thinking. This is what gets everybody thinking. Listen to this. Now, whenever possible, circumcision was offered on the eighth day after the birth of a son, and it was considered a festive event, so everybody would gather around, it would be a really big deal. Sound familiar? Okay, let's keep going. If the tribal leader responsible for the circumcisions was not available, uncircumcised children would be gathered together later between the 8th and 11th year, and would be circumcised in a group ceremony all on the same day. So they said, you didn't get circumcised, you didn't get circumcised, everybody come along, we'll do it all as a group. And when a woman was in her menstrual period, she isolated herself for eight days. Once again, sound familiar? During that period, she would not have intercourse with her husband and was not allowed to cook food for her family or do any kind of work in the house. After eight days, she performed a purification and then resumed her normal life. Which, in our talk, is what we call a mikveh, right? Well, look at me, knowing all this Jewish information. Basa worked for six days and they, they worked for six days and they rested on the seventh. They called that the Nguanoye Unlo Hinoye. Wow. The Nguanglo Noye Unlo Hinoye, otherwise known as the day of rest, the seventh day or the Shabbat, right? The seventh day was a special day with no agricultural work allowed. People stayed in the village and spent time rejoicing, eating, and drinking and dancing, and of course the priests would pray to El Olom. 
the Basa did not eat animals forbidden in the Bible, and they did not eat blood. And when they slaughtered an animal, they would dig a hole, let the blood flow into it, and they covered it over. Which is really cool. If, which which is really cool if you ask me. You gotta follow your dietary laws, which is, if I'm not wrong, and I know I'm not, it's kashrut, right? Your dietary laws. Anyway, people stayed in the village and they did that on the seventh day, and then they had their slaughtering, which is, you know, pretty cool way of saying kosher. Marriages were arranged between families. The dowry brought by the man's family had to include 70 items. A man who could not afford a dowry would work for the wife's family for an agreed period of time, after which he received his wife. The Basa didn't give their daughters to other tribes that they called uncircumcised. The only tribe they allowed their daughter to marry was the Eden tribe that they believed descended from a brother of one of their ancestors. Only the only that tribe. Everybody else, no, you're not getting our daughters because you're not, you're not circumcised. We don't like you. Mm -mm. Whether these people are actually Jewish or not, we will never know. And once again, it's not our job to determine that, right? Yeah, it's not. I did find it interesting, however, that they, everything they did was so similar to Jewish practices and you literally have a name for everything, you know? Shabbat, for example. Otherwise in, known in their language as I just wanted to say that again to prove to you that I know what I'm talking about. I can say this word. I can say this very difficult phrase, right? That was Shabbat. A woman didn't do anything or interact with her family for, for eight days after her menstrual period or her menstrual cycle, which is very similar to Judaism, right? And these people do not claim to be Jewish by any means or they do not claim to be descendants of Israel by any means. It's just very... It screams at you, the evidence screams at you, the information screams at you. It's very hard to ignore it. It's very hard to not take into consideration that everything that they do is very similar to everything, if not most of the stuff, that Jewish people do. And that is why they relate, as, they relate or identify as Jewish. And I found that very beautiful. That's the Basa tribe of Cameroon, otherwise known as the Conquerors settled in Ngoklituba with the mountain, which they still do practices there till this day. They still gather there every day, not every day, once a year. They still gather there once a year, do their practices, do their, do their prayers, and people bring sacrifices, which I think is very beautiful. And that is what I had to tell you about the Basa tribe. Do let me know what you think, and also let me know which one of these is your favorite, which one of these tribes and communities that we've talked to and interacted with over the past months. Can't say weeks anymore, we say months now been at this for a while do let me know what you think 34519 is the sms line 0618951019 is the telegram line on air at highfm.com is how you email me or you can just tweet me at highfm let me know what you think tell me about all the jewish communities that you've learned about tell me which one is your favorite and if you have anything to add or just say hi do so this is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Tribal Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao, top of the morning. You were in, you are in my dreams, the soul in the air that I breathe. That was Malaika with Destiny. And going back to our topic, there's something I realized with all these Jewish communities, especially the lesser-known black Jewish communities, the Basad, the Lemba, there's all something common about them. There's all something that ties them together, not, not just to Judaism, but together as different communities, right? Maybe they just 
maybe it's the same it got me thinking maybe it's the same people that just moved down and the further down they moved the more diluted their culture became and the more people they met so it interact they interacted with other people and their customs just changed but at the end of the day i feel like it's all just one people that just moved right cuz you look at their customs you look at their practices you look at what the lemba do you look at what the basa do right and it's all just stuff that they share together it's all customs and practices that they share together from the marital point from the marital point even the yemenite jews from their views on marriage to their views on food to their practices on meat it's all it's all judaism right because think about it the Ghana, if you remember the Ghanaian community that we talked to they said they don't do anything as well on on the 7th day of the week they said they also practice a form of shabbat they just didn't know it upon doing further research that's how they realized it was shabbat and with the basa i'm going to say this one more time because why not i can right when they when they realized what they were doing they said hey this is basically shabbat as well right and of course the seventh day is what is what became known as the nwanoyu onlevinoye <laughs> yeah i said it again that's shabbat right the lemba do not practice shabbat but now the food they eat is the same thing they don't eat fish without fins and scales they they are careful of animals they only eat meat from animals with hooves and that's the same that's the same diet that the basa have that's the same diet that the yemenite jews have and it's the same diet that judaism follows right it's all kashrut it's all the laws of kashrut so it's something that i've noticed that was very well it, it was very what's the word that i wanted to say obvious you know it caught my attention and it got me thinking maybe there's a connect between all of these communities but that is a topic for another day i do hope you enjoyed my my show today i do hope you enjoyed the conversation i do hope you enjoyed all the stories i told you and you learned something about the yupro jews and the basad tribe of cameroon however time is up unfortunately the bad news is i will not be with you next week in case you in case you didn't know we will be off air next week and next wednesday just on wednesday don't don't freak out don't freak out so you will not hear from your friend mukundi however you will hear from me the following week which i don't have my calendar with me right now i don't know what day what what the date is going to be but it will definitely be next month <laughs> so until then i'm just going to leave you with chico saying i need some money let's do this again in 14 days this time not seven short days do enjoy yourself do enjoy the rest of your day do enjoy your week and a shanatova to you and your family as always until next time enjoy the rest of your day <laughs>